You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guests this week are John Porcelino, Jason Gilmore, and Alex Jensen. Um, they're all involved in the next day um, kind of graphic novel slash uh, interactive website and documentary. Is there anything else I'm missing, Alex? <laughs> I think that's got it covered. <laughs> um, this is I guess the second kind of project I don't want to say book from you uh, from Pop Sandbox because each thing is kind of more than just a book because you seem to put a lot more into the whole unit I don't know I'm not yeah, working for words today <laughs> why don't you de- why don't you describe uh, the next day the the concept and just this bigger image that I'm trying to paint and failing miserably no, it's 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 good. We're we we're kind of figuring out what it is too. It's it's a, uh, I guess we'll, well what we do with Pop Sandbox is more or less cross-platform storytelling. So we're we're telling the same story in multiple different uh, medium at the at the same time, but but uh, largely rooted in the graphic novel language. So in the case of the next day, it was developed as both uh, simultaneously as both a, a print graphic novel and then an interactive animated documentary. <clears throat> Both of which are rooted in the same in the same underlying material um, and explored in the same way, and so it's built from interviews with four people who attempted suicide and survived, but then told in in uh, two different ways, kind of specific to the medium that are both complementary. But uh, I guess one of the the best ways to explain it is that neither is an adaptation of the other. It's it's more like two two branches from the same tree. Um, Jason, you're kind of involved in the writing component of the book tell me about a little bit more depth about what does this mean the the story the next day or the yeah, stories well, sure i mean i i can just talk to exactly how do you write a graphic novel you know that's based on documentary footage in the first place cuz basically what this was was these pages these 100 or so pages were populated um, by kind of like pull quotes or like the 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 interesting and poignant quotes that we pulled from our interviews with these four subjects so um, it was a it was a multi-stage process first you you know we started by actually shooting the interviews in fact we started by shooting the interviews literally with a video camera and then we kind of you know creativity kind of got involved a little bit and we started thinking well maybe maybe video isn't necessarily the best the best way to capture these stories because what we found was when our subjects were on camera um, their answers kind of weren't exactly the same as the answers that we got when we were talking casually with them either before or after the interviews and often we would turn off the camera and then this whole new story would come out of them you know because the camera was off and they let their guard down a little bit more so what we kind of decided to do kind of out of necessity and also kind of it was just like the best decision to make was to make the move to audio based interviews only because people forget the microphone a lot quicker than than the camera when there's a camera on you you almost never forget it especially if you're not you know a professionally trained actor you know you're on camera and you're very aware of it and that reflects itself in the answers that people give so we went to this audio based answer system afterwards and um, um, that's how we collected most of our kind of you know data or you know hot points to kind of populate these pages and from there it was kind of like an exercise in editing to figure out what 
three, two or three or maybe four uh, sentences would represent each page and each kind of vignette. Because the book really is kind of segmented into these page-by-page -page vignettes where every character or each of the four characters kind of alternate uh, taking little moments of their stories and plugging it into each page. So what you have in the end is this kind of this kind of hundred page um, story, but really each page is, is its own little micro story. And what you do as a reader is you really do draw a string of narrative through these hundred pages um, on your own. That's kind of what you bring to the reading of the through reading the book. That's kind of what you bring to the story is you you create the narrative arc yourself by seeing the comparisons between these four characters. And so the writing process was really a matter of taking these clips, choosing which audio would then be transcribed into the book, and also um, kind of like the way we worked was myself and Paul Peterson as the co-writers, we would kind of, we set it up so that John had like a script to work from essentially. We gave him a panel-by-panel -panel breakdown of panel one, Tina walks into the room, panel two, whatever it was. And so it, w it was really like writing a movie script that would be, whatever, poetically matched with these kind of sentence-by-sentence -sentence blurbs that we pulled from the interview. So it really is kind of this dreamlike collection of images that may or may not have actually happened in real life, you know, creative representations of of the story visually, and John would bring his talent to it, like, you know, a, a lot of abstract imagery that we would kind of ask him to come up with on his own. We would kind of generally outline it, and he would have to figure out how that would become a John Porcelino drawing, you know? So there was a there was a collaboration there and it was really interesting to see how it all finally kind of gelled together in this 100-page book. Yeah. What was it about um suicide in particular as a subject matter that you wanted to dive into and explore um kind of like the genesis of the project? Yeah. Well, I mean, the for me, in terms of myself getting involved in the project, and Alex brought it to me after, uh, after kind of working out the initial conceptual idea with Paul Peterson, which was kind of originally supposed to be a more of a traditional documentary, um, but then it kind of morphed into this new thing. When Alex brought me on, um, I, I was intrigued. I mean, this was not my idea by any means that I say I want to set out and do something about suicide. But when he told me, look, we want to do this story. It's called The Next Day because it's about what if these people literally had waited until the next day, until the day after their passionate attempt at suicide, just wait one more day um, and see if they would actually make the same decision. Um, so what intrigued me was when Alex said, look, we want to do this project. It's about people who have attempted suicide and not succeeded. And that kind of subject alone was all I needed. I was so intrigued by that idea. Just that one sentence was really a hook for me because, I mean, as someone who has never experienced suicidal thoughts, like I've never personally ever gone down that road, and so what was fascinating to me, and it's something that we really kind of brought out of our subjects, was please tell us, you know, walk me through this. Tell me what it actually feels like 
to have these kinds of thoughts. You know, I mean, our four subjects kind of come from four different backgrounds, but really that essence of it's like you're, you know, caught in this thunderstorm, which was the metaphor we ended up using for the entire project. It's like you're caught in the storm and you cannot turn it off. And there is no other solution but to just end it. And I mean, those kinds of thoughts are about as deep as they get. And it was fascinating to me and it was really, really important to me to capture this properly and with responsibility to our four subjects because I know for myself, I was, especially as the project went on, I was getting more and more anxious about whether or not we are telling these, well, I wasn't anxious about it, but I, let's just say I was more and more aware of, of the fact that it was our responsibility as storytellers to do justice to these people's stories as accurately and truthfully as possible without any kind of glorification or dramatization or whatever it is. We really, I personally felt it was my responsibility to get the stories out that these subjects wanted. And I mean, they'll each tell you, each one of them will tell you that they wanted to tell their stories. You know, first and foremost, they saw this as an opportunity to get their story out there and possibly have an effect on the reader or viewer. And when I kind of started to hear them bearing, you know, bearing their souls to us, I knew very, very quickly, okay, we need to be as truthful and honest and respectful to these stories as possible because that's what we're getting from our subjects. We're getting the bare bones, raw truth, and that's what they want out there. So that's our job, to get out of the way as much as possible. At least that's how I felt. I felt like I had to get out of the way of the stories that they wanted us to tell or that they wanted out there. So in terms of why did I want to explore the idea of suicide, it's not even something that I consciously decided. I was just intrigued by this project that came you know, down my path to the point where I was just like, this is incredibly powerful and it's something that I really want to explore. So that it just kind of happened. I'm curious, um, John, uh, your cartooning, it's kind of, I don't want to say famous, but that's what you're known for is very personal, private um, work very a tour base like that's your work what was it like for you taking on other people's very private raw stories well I mean you know of course I mean I my background I've, I've had a lot of struggles with depression I've had suicidal impulses since I was a teenager it's been a, a major you know thread in my life and um you know, I, I guess I, a few years back, I did this book on Henry David Thoreau, where I I used his words and kind of put them together to tell this story about him, and um, so I had a little bit of experience of trying to put myself into somebody else's situation. I think in the case of the Thoreau book, you know, I he was such a big hero to me, and um, I had immersed myself in his writings for so long and his worldview that, um, you know, I I hopefully was able to bring something of that out through my own artwork. 
but also, you know, as a person who spent a lot of time in the woods or out in fields, you know, out in nature, I, I used my own experiences as well to try to bring some emotional resonance to, to, to it. And so the Thoreau book, even though it was working with somebody else's life and their words, it it's still feels very personal to me and almost almost autobiographical. That's probably pushing it, but I, there's I feel so connected to it that it doesn't feel as alien to me as you might think at being an autobiographical cartoonist. And with this book, I you know it was a similar approach where. You know, there are these four different people, they've got four different stories, but there are elements to their stories that personally I could very much relate to, you know. And so it was kind of a, you know, obviously I want to be true to their stories and illustrate their stories but you know on a certain level as an artist I'm bringing my own experience into the artwork as well and um, you know hopefully you find some kind of balance there that um, tells the person's story but also you know uh, it's, it's personally relevant enough to me that there's a little bit of me in there too, you know. So uh, it, it was an interesting experience for sure. Um, you know, I, I by the time I got done with this book, and you know, the process of making the book, it was, of course, we were, it was frantic, and things were always changing, and I was working from a, you know, this script that when you know, when I started drawing it, you know, the script was still being produced, so I was kind of learning about these people as I was drawing them, you know, page after page. And, you know, by the time I got to the end of it, um, I really felt a a strong connection to these people. And I almost was like, you know, wait a second, how can this be the end? You know, what's going on with these people now? And, and, you know, it it should keep going on. you know, and for me, the climax of that was when the book was released, and I came up to Toronto uh, at the uh, National Film Board for the book release party. Um, I was able to meet three of the four people in the book in, in person, and uh, having spent so much time drawing them and hearing their words in my head, and and trying to put these this these stories down on paper to actually meet them in person was incredibly moving um so i was born by an old street light where the man laid out of the windows at night and i was a And I say with all my might Until I grow up too high Oh, all the notes I used to play On the double bass in the Beatist Ballet With only the night 
whose idea was it to really intertwine the stories um, instead of just doing these separate stories on their own? Because uh, I think I'm I like that just how it adds to that personal resonance of um, the yeah. impact. Wh whose idea was that? I don't even. <laughs> I, I mean, we could make it up, but I, does it, was it one person's idea, Alex? I don't I remember. I think it kind of was was yeah was was working through and coming up with devices, even in, even through I guess through the early early writing in in some ways. Um, <clears throat> I guess it also like at, at one point the 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 two were developing separately almost the the interactive. Jason was very much driving on on the directing side of that. Uh, all the interviews, of course, were were uh, were shot with both uh, Jason and and Paul together, uh, and Paul was driving some of the writing. And I think it <clears throat> it just kind of happened organically in some ways. I think Paul was was struggling struggling structurally even a little bit with the book at different points, and and uh, and Jason was able to kind of bring forward uh, a new look to it, and um, that came also because because at the same time Jason was was knee deep in the interactive, and in the interactive, the interactive very much does kind of move between the audio that way and so the two kind of started to really complement each other and take on a bit of each other's structure and I think that the the whole movement between the different stories is something that was probably first explored uh, by Jason through the uh, through the interactive and then kind of made its way into the book but yeah the whole goal in the end is, and that's I think something that also became apparent is that because we're trying to break down uh, stigma a little bit in, in, in how it's going and to make it a little bit more universal that as opposed to it being any one person's story, the whole goal was to kind of create a, a fifth narrative, um, which is kind of like the juxtaposition of, of the four together. Um, going back a little bit to what you're talking about, John, about finally meeting these folks well after the book was complete. Um, did that kind of make it real in a way of, of the stories? Um, because you weren't involved in the same way that Jason and Paul were. Um, was it kind of like an abstract story? Well, sure. You know, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, I I had uh, they had sent me still photos of the the four participants and probably a few little video clips or things as well. And um, you know, so I was looking at photographs and 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 those kind of things and you know of course turning them into these comic comics characters you know for lack of a better word and um, you know well it was like I said you, as, as I was working the story was kind of coming together literally as as I was you know piling up pages and moving towards the end of the book it was it was coming together in real time the the story the script and so a lot of it, you know, I was curious myself, like, where, where is this going? And, you know, I mean, I don't know how to say it without sounding sappy, but as a person who's struggled with severe depression and, and, and suicidal uh, thinking, uh, just to see these people in person... Uh, really just drove home the, the personal um, like the uniqueness of, the, of these people the uniqueness of their individual lives 
and the the history, you know, the, even this little, even this book, you know, it's it's just a small part of these people's history and a small part of these people's struggles. And to meet them in person and see their faces and talk to them and shake hands and hug was, um, you know, it was just it was powerful. It mm-hmm. it it's what it's all about, you know, and. Um, so yeah, in in some ways it did make these these kind of abstract stories in my head. It it really drove home the fact that you know here's these people, they lived these lives, and here they are now, and they've survived all this stuff, and they've got a whole future ahead of them. And it was just a very human moment. How do you keep a story like this? And any any of you can answer this. Um... When you're taking other people's stories, how do you maintain the integrity and not be exploitive? Yeah, I think I think on that one there, um, I think the, the 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 central thing which which Jason kind of spoke to was was kind of uh, really getting out of the way of of their of of themselves their their way of, of storytelling <clears throat> and it being in their own words. I guess further to that, I mean, even right through from from the very outset, that was something that we're we're very much aware of. I think that's that's an important speak uh, piece to to speak to is uh, Paul Peterson, so the co-writer who who conducted all the interviews. He himself his his background and what drew him to the idea because it's an idea he that really kind of sat with him for for more than a decade is is largely stemming from his own work as a social worker and especially working within the sexual abuse field. So I think there was a certain amount of uh, even just in that, and with him handling the interviews himself, there was uh, even even through the interviews and in in the ways the manner in which they were conducted. Uh, I guess also working with the National Film Board. So the the National Film Board was a co-producer on the project, um, and it was done in conjunction with with TVO. And so from the from the very onset, we had a lot of checks and balances in place in in how we went about um, finding the participants, making sure that. That uh, that the people who who were uh, who were willing to share their stories that they had a support network and far enough removed from their attempt and there was kind of a lot of uh, a lot of things that way that that was right the way through and in, in just making sure the the screening process and finding the right people and then how the interviews were done and and then I guess right the way uh, right the way through and and then you still run into these into these areas in which it's. Uh, you know, there's still even within the mental health field. Um, for me, it's eye-opening. You know, not not coming from that field, um, but it was it was really incredible to see just within the field how many differing views there are as to whether you should talk about suicide, whether you shouldn't talk about suicide, and uh, and you could hear the the exact full full opposing views uh, in the same conversation really with with two different people at some of the conferences we've been to since and whatnot. So, I think you know at the at the end of the day, we just came down to the whole goal of just having a conversation and also the fact that it was never intended as as anything you know like a like a self-help book or anything like that it's really kind of more of an artistic exploration and so we just kind of held tight to our to our realm that way yeah, visually you know uh, when I was drawing this stuff um, yeah, I guess you're you're trying to walk a line between you know, you know, you want to really express express the truth of these people's stories, um, without, you know, uh, you, you know, I you don't want to be lurid or or, um, like you say, sensationalizing this thing. And you know, when I first started 
working on this project, started talking to Alex about it, you know, that was, of course, one of my initial concerns was like, I, I you know, I'm not, I don't, I want to make sure that this is not something that's going to be exploitative or, you know, sensationalize suicide or glamorize it in any way. Um, but to be, you know, a, as real a portrait as possible. And so, you know, that when I was, of course, when I'm working from, from the strip, I would sit down for to draw a page and sometimes there was some imagery that was being called for and I you know my I I, I would question you know like oh you know I, I'm not sure about this I'm not you know what where is that line and it's just constantly kind of exploring it and and you know some of these some of the you know more powerful images in the book were things that I kind of had to force myself to draw. Um, you know, some of the, the scenes of the actual attempts and, and uh, the immediate aftermath and things like that, where, you know, I guess I tried to bring a, a, a consciousness to it that was not exploitative. And, but I also tried, you know, I kind of forced myself to sit down and draw these things that might be troubling even for me to draw and see see where I stand when I come out the other side and you know in, in almost every case I I feel I felt comfortable once once I moved through that initial um, hesitancy you know once I actually had the ink on paper and, and could look at it I thought okay this you know this is this needs to be said, but um, you know it was something that I think everybody in the project was constantly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, one know, thing I'd even working. I'd even add is uh, on on the editing side that those were two like the biggest things that uh, that we wrestled with is is um, I guess well one would be the ending which I could speak to in a, in, a, in a moment but also the uh, the actual the attempts themselves and and even structurally that's something we. We wrestled with because um, it was one of those things. At one point, and that's in in the end, the decision was to actually to to put the attempt right at the very start to kind of to get that out of the way and start telling a story. Because otherwise, if you actually didn't have the attempt, it, it became the elephant in the room, and the entire book was like building towards this. And then it felt incredibly sensational. It was it was just building towards it. So what we ended up doing is actually kind of getting that out of the way immediately so that we could then move into the story structurally. And then I guess the other thing we wrestled with as well, which which uh, John spoke to is is even in in uh, in the story that it was continually going through through the writing and it was how do you how do you end it in a way in which again never wanted to go into the into the after school special realm. Um, at the same time we wanted to give a message of hope, but these these are true stories and and uh, and and from the actual participants themselves, you know, they've continued to struggle and being being true to the fact that it is an ongoing struggle and that it doesn't just all resolve resolve nicely. You know, even even since the production before the book had even gone to press, you know, one of the participants ended up back in hospital and and so that was you know those those were two two very serious things that that Jason was definitely uh, having to figure out how to tackle with and 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 we we're all. Uh, yeah, we're all definitely wrestling with how to tell. What's the plan with the work from here? Because I know with your last book, Kink, quite extensive work, and I think it's still go ongoing. Um, what's the next step with the next day? 
as a project? So the so the book released in in Canada in in May and then into uh, into comic stores across North America in in, in May. Um, <clears throat> so we released with with uh, with Rain Coast in in Canada and then through Diamond uh, Comic Distributors in, in into the U.S. and then we've just gone into the U.S. Uh, in November with uh, with Diamond uh, Book Distributors on in, into the U.S. book market. <clears throat> so we've been doing a lot of stuff uh, that way, kind of pushing it through. Um, and then the interactive is actually just at the point where it's starting to launch. So it just participated. The interactive uh, just participated la- last month at um, at this big uh, documentary festival in in Amsterdam, Idfa. It's the the world's largest uh, doc festival. So that was the premiere for for the interactive, and then it's going to be going uh, live. Well, it it is live now, but the actual uh, uh, promotion. And, and publicity around it will be kind of um, in support of like both NFB and TVO will be getting behind it in a bigger way in, in January just holding through because it wasn't really the right project to launch into December so that'll be happening in early in the new year they'll be kind of doing a push that way and <clears throat> I think with all our stuff and that's kind of the the whole goal with doing a, a small uh, small number of projects with Kank and Next Day is that continuing to kind of push it through and, and leave no stone unturned and then, and then just slowly find the right the audiences for it and I also think with a project like the Next Day um, that it it uh, it's not as dependent upon initial uh, launch as it as as uh, as some other projects would be, where it's got that kind of initial life. Whereas I think that uh, the next day, what I'm finding is, um, even within a lot of the different applications, we had a lot of interest from different, different, uh, you know, kind of education, even within that, within that path. And that's something, you know, would take a long time to go down that route, and you know, all the checks and balances and getting the people on board, if if it were to go down that path, and if it even makes sense to go that path, because that's not really where it was conceived for. So we're kind of exploring that area, but then just continuing to get behind the book, and and we've been doing a big publicity drive and and so forth, like talking on radio shows. <laughs> like talking on radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time uh, today, guys, to all come together and talk about the next day. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. I just want to add, I guess, the for for the interactive um, to check it out. It'll it'll be on nfb.ca slash the next day, and also on tvo.org slash the next day. And I guess how that differs from the book that we've been we've been talking mainly about today is that the interactive experience it uh, it allows you to create your own path through the original audio interviews uh, paired with animations based on on John's body of work. Yeah, I, I do want. I want to say I know we're done here, but oh, you now keep... that you you brought up the interactive thing, <clears throat> you know the interactive thing was always somewhat of a mystery to me. I was working on the drawings, and and there there was animation being created, you know, kind of based on my drawings, and and I worked a little bit with the animator, just you know, kind of tweaking ideas and things like that. But mostly, it was a completely separate part of the project from what I was working on with the book. And once I got up to Toronto and saw what uh, these guys were doing with the interactive, um, that's when I really understood the breadth of this project. Um, and uh, you know, there's there's the original interviews, there's the book, now there's the interactive um, uh, thing on the web, and I really see them all, all these things as you know which is how they're intended to be part of a larger thing. And um, seeing the interactive really helped me understand the whole, the larger sense of the project. And so I would really encourage people, if you've read the book, to, to seek out the, the, um, 
online uh, animated section. And it's also a good way of getting to the book, too. Sure. Yeah, either way. Either way. Thank you so much, gents. Cool. Thank Thanks you. a lot.